Welcome back to another episode of Lab of Fun's Table. I'm your host, Dina Gregory. Happy New Year. A little late, but technically early if you're celebrating the Chinese New Year. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys are all doing well, staying hydrated, taking superb care of your mind, body, and soul so that you could show up in this fractured and broken world as the most fierce and tender version of yourself. To be completely transparent, truly tending to all the aspects of my life in this way is still a work in progress. Uh, I have a propensity for getting a bit in my head and speeding from one thing to the next that I forget to slow down enough that I can remember what it means to be a human being as opposed to a human doing. As you may know, I took a little break from recording episodes of La Bifana's Table after losing both my uncle and my father this past fall. So I decided I'd take the winter to rest and reflect and take an honest self-individuatory of my actual capacity to bring to fruition my creative visions, given the limitations of my circumstances. And I've realized that to do that, I need to move at a snail's pace. So my hope is that come springtime, I'll be back to dropping weekly episodes. But for the meantime, I'm giving myself some space and grace, and I invite you to do the same. Today, though, I'm here to share a conversation that I had with a chef I follow on Instagram, whose content I find both educational and deeply therapeutic. Given that we were just total strangers and that his following is much larger than mine, I had no expectation that he'd actually respond to my DM, but he did. And we both happened to have availability in that exact moment that we were DMing. And instead of postponing till later, we took advantage of the opportunity that was presented to us, jumped on Zoom and had a joyful conversation. So without further ado, I bring you Chef JJ. Cooking has always been an integral part of Chef JJ's life. What began as therapy for his mind has turned into a passion for utilizing his gifts in the kitchen as a way to break down barriers between cultures. He has an open mind, loves experimenting with multicultural cuisines, while also making sure to preserve traditional recipes that reflect his mother's culinary influence and his Palestinian roots. So let's jump right in. This is what my friends call me, JJ. Uh, shortcut for nothing, by the way. It's just JJ. That's it. I, I mean, I'm a self-taught chef. I, I, I've been cooking my whole life. Like one thing that I always remember about me, like especially during my teenage years, is that I used to go to the kitchen in the middle of the night, and especially when I used to be anxious a lot, mm-hmm. I had a lot of anxieties, or whenever I had exams. I would go to the kitchen and start cooking. It always calmed me down and like removed thoughts from my head. Uh, you would go like I would go into a different world whenever I cooked, especially chopping. Like whenever I chopped, I remember that I just kept on like uh, I just started calming down, getting like more relaxed and relaxed, which helped me a lot. And I love food. <laughs> I love food so much. So. I've always been open to trying new recipes, trying new uh, foods. I think a lot of people have the idea of this is a recipe that I'm not familiar with or an ingredient that I'm not, not I'm not comfortable with. And that's actually what draws me to recipes. Like if there's something weird about it or something that is un, unusual or unique, that's what kind of draws me into it. I think this open-mindedness is what kind of even made me more attached to cooking because 
I, I think we can learn a lot about other cultures, especially from ingredients. Like when you think about the ingredients and the origin of that ingredient, it gives you more information about where it comes from. And I don't know, it's, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating what one ingredient can do, you know? So like, yeah. that's how, that's how like I, I just fell in love with cooking. After my high school, I studied engineering. I did not study anything to do with culinary, but I've always been attached to cooking. And then COVID hit, COVID hit. And then, you know, everybody just went out of business. And I mean, I think the more time you spend with yourself, the more time, the, the more the more you discover what you should do in your life, mm-hmm. the more that you kind of try to set up goals in your, like in your near future. And I mean, since COVID up until now, I've never even thought of the idea of posting anything. Like, I think especially my mother, who always, always encouraged me on posting online or just pursue the passion of cooking. But I've always been scared of it. I don't know why. It's just it's just my my personality, I guess. Up until, yeah. I think, about five months ago, I just woke up one day, went to Ikea, got me a pan, a new pan, and started cooking. I just posted my first video and since yeah since then I've, and, I've just been posting yeah and that was back it, i think i scrolled for a while ago august did you it was back in august that you started or yes, earlier I, I well well i think i think i started recording a bit before i think about july august ish but at that time i said okay fine i'm gonna record the videos i don't have to post them i'm just gonna record them for myself i'm gonna do them for myself because i was so scared of posting anything online i don't, I don't know why so yeah, eventually, I think after 10 videos, my mom said, like, you have to do it. I think the videos look good. So maybe you should do it. And then I did it. I did it. I, I mean, yeah, it, it felt good. It felt really good. You know, sharing food, it, it felt really good. It's 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 something that is, um, it's therapeutic, but it's also, it keeps you connected to people. Now, you said, you've mentioned your mother. Is your mother a chef or where did you kind of, who were those, uh, who were those people in your life that you were you were inspired by that really kind of got you on your culinary journey? My mom, my mom, every, every single thing goes back to my mom. My mom is the best chef in the world for me. <laughs> She's the best chef. She's very connected to her culture and her cuisine, like Palestinian cuisine. She's extremely connected to it. And she knows it by root and by like, she knows the recipes that were passed down to her by her mother and grandma and her great grandma. So those recipes, I have to rely completely on her. She is very, how can I say this in a nice way? She doesn't like to try new cuisines. Like she's always scared of new ingredients. She she doesn't know how to, she doesn't know how to tackle new ideas. Um, okay. I remember I took her to a sushi bar once and she just couldn't, she just couldn't. Like, oh, it's raw fish. I cannot do it. And I always laugh about it because she loves food so much and she loves to try, but it has to be in her certain categories that it has to be cooked. It has to be an ingredient that I know. It, it, it's very funny, but like she is she is my idol when it comes to cooking. Like I've, I I give her all the credit. It's my mom. She's she's yeah? holding down the the traditional roots so that it doesn't go too far <laughs> while yes. you have that more expansive ooh, yep. <laughs> what's that exactly exactly now, now where are you living and where did you grow up and and give me a yeah. little more background about you know where, well, where you're from and your family 
Yeah, well, I live in the Sultanate of Oman. It's in the Middle East, right next to the Emirates and Yemen. It's right between, actually, between Yemen and the UAE. Oh. It's right on the coast. We call it the Switzerland of the Middle East because it's it's just amazing. It's very calm, very peaceful. We are extremely neutral here. The country is just amazing. So I was born in Jordan, but then I later came back here because my dad worked here. And I mean, my, my family lived here, but my mom just went back to Jordan to deliver me. And then I came back here. So yeah, I lived my whole life here since I was like six months old, basically. My sister was born here. So yeah, like I have one sister and she was born in Oman. Yeah. And you said your mother, she's from Palestine? Yes, she is Palestinian and my dad is Palestinian as well. Both of them are Palestinian and they are from a city called, uh, as far as I understand, it's very close to Nablus and uh, Ramallah. It's a village, a stunning, stunning village. The only thing that I've seen of it is just a few pictures. But what I know of it is that there is a historical cathedral there. It's a very ancient cathedral in in the village. My dad tells me a lot of stories about the village. So like one of the stories is whenever they needed medicine back then, like long time ago, they used to go to the cathedral because they have soup kitchens over there and the medics and the doctors. So that's where they used to go and get treatment. And most of the treatment he used to tell me, like he tells me that the the treatment was like, it's like a drink that it's like salted water, which kind of runs your stomach to kind of clear, clear it basically, you know, it's ancient medicine. So yeah, like, and of course, food, the, the soup kitchen. Oh, I've yeah. never been to Palestine, never been to Palestine. And so for you, what is your connection to, to your roots and your, and your culture? Is it through food? Through food and through my parents. My parents, for sure, my parents. And I, you know, I kind of wanted to, to ask, you know, you've been, fo- you, your food focus, I mean, you made a burger, a caramel, a burger with some caramelized onions <laughs> on your Instagram that I was like salivating exactly. for. But so, <laughs> so, so your, your palate is really wide. I did come across your account with, I'm going to do a terrible pronunciation, please. It's okay. Forgive me and help me. One of the posts that I I was like, man, this guy's funny. <laughs> he's got a <laughs> he's got a humorous way of dealing with terrible things. When you were making making Palestinian maklava, 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 yes. <laughs> That's one of the posts where I was like, wow, he food. You know, I was looking at your earlier posts of obviously just sharing just your incredible talent and and passion for multicultural food. But it seemed that in light of our current events and what is unfolding in Palestine, the way that you're sharing food now seems to also be using food as a form of resistance. Absolutely. 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 Uh, I think of it as I think of it more. I, I, I. it's okay to use the word resistance. I don't, I don't mind the word resistant, but I would go with the word of education. I think it's much better to say that I would like the world to know that we exist yes. and the food is and the food is beautiful. I can, I can explain some things through ingredients and uh, through some steps in the, in the, in the, in the recipe, which kind of, I think it could connect more to people than just saying a statement. If you know what I mean. I did find something so beautifully innovative about the way that you're 
you're sharing and you're telling stories um, through your food and through your ingredients. So do you, can you tell us a little bit, uh, do you want to kind of take us a little bit through that dish that caught my eye? And Absolutely. Before that video specifically, there was another video that I posted first when it comes to Palestinian cuisine, which is called Musakhan, which is our traditional dish. Yes. Is that with the chicken all tight in the, (laughs) tell me all about it. Yeah. So that video, when I when I thought about that video, it was, I mean, after a few weeks of the event and I, I mean, you know, watching the news and hearing about a lot of the things that happened. And then and then I heard a friend of mine lost some of his family members, which really, really struck me hard because I know the person and I know his family. They would not har- harm a fly, regardless of any political view. Um that family had nothing to do with it, both ways. They had nothing to do with it. So I was, I was heartbroken and I was angry. Like I was really, really angry because he did not deserve that suffering. The, the, my friend, um, seeing him upset and depressed and what happened to his family, I, I completely understand. And I think it was in an indirect way of how, how we can share our, how we mourn together, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how... Maybe sometimes we don't know how to show emotion, especially mm. to our, especially towards our loved ones. Maybe that was a way of me to kind of show it. So yeah, like when, when I made that video, I was angry. That video was out of anger, I must say, because it was kind of, uh, I tried to explain what is happening, especially to the people. This is, this is what, what's happening to the people of, of Gaza. Like if you think about, regardless of the political view, regardless of what you what you believe in, I don't think it is fair to have a population of people being surrounded, and then you just say, "Oh, it's because someone someone from your from your area did this." I just don't find it fair, regardless of what you believe in. I don't think I don't think violence is never an answer. I don't think violence should ever be an option in my opinion but mm-hmm. i just don't think it was fair i just don't i don't think it was fair there's yeah. there's nowhere to run there's nowhere to to go i think a lot of people say that they can go out they can leave it's not true they cannot leave there's no chance for them to leave um again you can blame blame we can play the blame game we can say this person or that person did this to them whatever we should not focus on that we should focus on the people who are dying people who are suffering the humans. Let's leave everything and just think about the humans for just a second. You will know that it's not a matter of what I believe in. It's not a matter of which side am I, I am on. People should not die because of someone else's mistake or whatever. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was that was the video. Like the video, I was angry. I was just saying that, like no, no matter what you do, like even like burning them alive bombing them what do you expect is going to happen what do you expect you think that they're going to say oh thank you they're not going to say that they're going to be even more angry you're going to create more extremists what do you expect so yeah. that was that was the the msakhan. and then and then i thought of uh, magluba which is a very very famous uh, dish in palestine i think that video i thought of the idea of the history itself and how it all began that mm-hmm. The idea of Palestine existed. It always existed. They always tried to erase the memory of, of our country. 
they always try to throw facts and like researches and and history and whatever 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 but i know it existed i i see pictures i see i see my family lineage i've seen my bloodline dating back to so many years so like someone coming to the comment section and say oh you don't exist it it, it really hurts so like i thought i thought let me just make a video of explaining that yeah this is how it happened and then suddenly you just you know shove the rice on top of it and just say oh it, it never existed it never existed and i think that's that's how i think when when i when i flipped it i was trying to explain that now the whole world is able to see it because i think this time people started looking more into it looking more mm-hmm. into palestine looking more into the the, the conflict the whole conflict they yeah. they they're looking into it which is which is good i think i mean we try to think of i mean <laughs> as much as depressing and disgusting the whole situation is maybe this is a good thing maybe people would know that we exist you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's yeah that's a that's that's a perspective that one can take from a very high you not a high you know what i mean like Yeah. <laughs> when you can take an evolutionary perspective, right? I mean, in the moment to say that it's a good a good thing is a is very hard when you're yes. when you're under Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And but I think if one can try to remove themselves and and take an a, an evolutionary perspective of human evolution and and what is it really going to take for us to to just go like okay guys human dignity <laughs> i don't know yeah. how we got in this mess i i think we should create a world where we care for each other and everyone has a sense of belonging and their basic needs are met. <laughs> I don't know how to get yeah. there, but I definitely thought, figure out some good conversations with people who are also dreaming of a world where we can coexist. Did you have any sense, you know, like you, obviously you've been a passionate cook and are in your obviously are inspired by your mom's traditional approach to keeping, you know, her her dishes the way that they've been passed down to her. I always find that that's interesting, right? I think you need the balance yeah. between the people who maintain tradition so that the the essence of what it is isn't totally lost, but as cultures touch each other and we have these experiences, they they evolve and I'm sure yeah. what are some what are some dishes and some ingredients that that you've that you've worked with that have an intercultural story to it the first thing that comes to my mind is flour bread when you make bread because i think if we mix a little bit of flour a little bit of water you and i just now start mixing the flour and the water we can create many many types of bread i mean it's just the 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 steps the te- techniques a little bit of yeast that would change the whole idea of what you want to do with that with that bread which is amazing to me like if i want to make a baguette if i want to make arabic bread indian bread all types of bread it is amazing how it changes from one culture to a, to another just by a few steps just by a few ingredients it's amazing i think i think it's bread for me it's bread it would be bread for sure mm. That that's yeah. we're, we'll break a loaf of bread and sharing it over the, t- <laughs> the exactly, table. Exactly. Right exactly. 
again, again, that is that is the beauty of bread as well. Like whenever in my culture, whenever we sit on the table to eat, uh, usually the person who has the loaf of bread would cut it in half and would uh, distribute it amongst the people. So just imagine that the whole idea of it is basically the sharing. You know, if you sit with strangers, that's the first thing that you have to do to cut the loaf of bread and share it with the others, which is amazing. I think it's amazing. Mm, that's really yeah. that's really beautiful. Um, Thank you. So you have this has all been unfolding for you. Tell me how how has following your passions brought you to kind of unexpected places? Where are you now and where are you you know yeah. going? You know, how where like when you started on the journey, I thought it was gonna be this. Now it's this, it's becoming this. Can you kind of give me a sense of uh, of that? Absolutely, absolutely. When I started making the videos, the first thing that kept I kept in my mind, and even my mother kept on saying it to me that you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing it for views, you're not doing it for anything, you're just doing it for yourself because you love cooking, you want to document it for yourself which I think I still try to, to this day, try my best to keep it in my head that I am making food for myself. I mean, the whole, <laughs> the every single recipe that I cook, I, I eat, I, I end up eating. Nothing goes to waste, luckily. So, so yeah, I mean, like all of it is still, is, is, it's all overwhelming. Like I am extremely overwhelmed at the moment. I don't know, I still don't know where it, is, this is going. But I kind of like it. I like the adventure of it, you know? Every day brings a new adventure. I love sharing now. Like, I, I, I used to be afraid of it. But now I am more open to the idea of I'm going to share a new recipe with people tomorrow. It's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a road. It never ends, by the way. It never ends. Because, like, I think at the beginning, um, I think one of my videos got like a thousand views and I was so thrilled. I was so thrilled. And then now you get, I think you you get like 200,000 views on one video and it's not thrilling anymore. It's overwhelming. Like, mm. how am I going to be able to deal with this? I need to reply to every comment. I need to explain to people what I mean by it. I need to, it's very overwhelming and it's, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. <laughs> It's, I mean, I have to say through this, I've met countless amount of people. I met you as well. Like, it's, it's amazing. I love meeting people. It's, it's a lovely feeling. It's a lovely yeah. feeling. I mean, there's this, this web of like inter, you know, interconnection that, that we find. I mean, I think a lot of people underestimate what connectivity and like, you know, getting to know people, they underestimate the effect of it, but it actually has a lot of effects. I think... Like I have this a friend of mine now. I met this new friend through Instagram, through posting. She's from she's from Spain, and she she cooks a lot of the food that I create. And one thing that really really touched me is that her son started enjoying falafel. You know what is falafel, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, she told me that he used to eat a lot of chicken nuggets, which is okay. But at the same time, eating something that is homemade is always better. Of and course. that really makes me feel really good. You know, a kid enjoys homemade food by cooked by his mom. Like, what better than that? Like, it truly brings me a lot of joy yeah. to hear that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think especially in in these crazy times where we're that we're living in, um, those sparks of connectivity, there really truly is, I believe, in a magic of connectivity. You're at this ancient table 
named after an old woman from Italian folklore in Oman. <laughs> like, when could that have ever happened? <laughs> you know, so we have we have such opportunities. Yes. And yet, you know, there's that the social media world, you know, our our technological world also often leaves us at this superficial level of connection. Yes. You know, so yes. it's I, you know, it's you're doing something so where I think is so therapeutic is like, you know, this is the age that we live in. And mm -hmm. yet yes. your hands are in the food. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. Like I have this vision of myself. Cooking, like becoming a nice old Italian lady who like cooks really well. But right now I'm like, I don't know if that's my gift, but Chef JJ could come over. <laughs> well, I hope I can come over one day and I'll cook for you. I probably but that, that tangibility. And so how mm. how often are you cooking? Like this is your I cook I cook every day. Every day, every day. Aside from cooking for myself, I have to cook for my my dog as well. <laughs> I have to cook her, her food every day, which again, you feel more connected. Like yeah. I think I like to feed my dog chicken every day and I have to cook her chicken every day, which also makes me more connected to my to my pet. It, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. I love to do it for her. It makes us more connected to each other. We understand each other as well. But aside from my dog, <laughs> I cook for myself every day. I have to cook for myself every day. I, I love cooking. I love cooking. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Hopefully I'm like, can you rub off on me? Because <laughs> I'm like, let me, let me get some of that. <laughs> I no, really it's okay. It's okay. It. And so you've now this is starting, this is unfolding into some cooking classes that you're going to be starting. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. Yes. So I think, I think about three to four weeks ago, I, I was reached out by amazing, by some amazing people who thought why don't you why don't you teach people how to cook some middle eastern food and i mean i thought to myself why not it's an amazing idea it's it's a really amazing idea especially for the people who would love to learn the basics of it because i think a, a one minute video would not do justice to a lot of recipes a lot of recipes requires a little bit more intuition into it but it's not it's not difficult it's just a matter of you just need to know the basics of it so we talked we talked about it and then we have decided to launch the classes. The first class is going to be on the 28th. There are six recipes at the moment. Each of them is like on a consecutive day or a, a every other day. So so yeah, it's EST timing as well. All of them are EST timing, which oh. uh, which means I'm going to be cooking like in the morning at at, at some of the classes. It's going to be like 3 a.m. my time, but I'm fine. I'm fine with it. So, yeah. So, yeah. Six recipes. Some of them are Palestinian. Some of them are just Middle Eastern. Um, and the idea of the whole the whole cooking class, it's not going to be revolved only around the food itself or how to make it. It's going to be more about sharing what we are making at the moment, like just talking about it, talking about the dough itself or how we make it. Where does this come from? Um, what brought you into this class? We're going to talk, you know, like, yeah. like just like we are doing right now. We're going to have a lot of chats. Um, yeah. So it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be on Zoom as well. It's going to be live. It's going to be interactive. I'm going to be interacting with the students. So, yeah, it's going to be. And so and, be and the students themselves will be cooking at like 
they they should have they'll have the ingredient list ahead of time get ready to cook with you or can they also cook you know just kind of watch as well absolutely so the option is entirely yours if you would like to join the class to cook with us if you uh, click on the link you're going to see the the whole ingredients the the ingredients that you need for the recipe you can get them and get them prepared for the cooking class and then we can do it together the class is going to be between 2 and a, and a, two and a half hours so if you would like to come and cook with me that is the the intended purpose of the cooking class if you would like to come and watch you're more than welcome as well so it's oh, wow. it is intended for you to come and watch to come and cook so yes it's going to be interactive you cooking while i'm cooking with you as well so yeah <laughs> that sounds fantastic maybe this will be my my intro into <laughs> I was I was like I want to try to cook some Italian food but maybe I'm going to be coming over here and you you never know that's what happens. It starts with a recipe. It starts with a recipe and then you get onto the other. So <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. For for me just let's take you're you're so wonderful at your your metaphors in your in your Instagrams and for me Thank kind you. of I would love to maybe bring this conversation to a close just asking you you know for me what is what is the what is the recipe for you for a future that includes all of us maybe a four ingredient recipe <laughs> a four ingredient recipe yeah i would for a say sure that includes all of us <laughs> yeah so i would say number 1 number 1 is humanity like you need to have humanity in your heart to understand what the other person is going through you will never never understand the situation until you put yourself into the other person's shoe you have to yeah. you have to sometimes it's the most difficult thing to do but it is a must it's a must the second thing is being more open minded we need to be way more open minded we need to have conversations with people that we consider our enemies we need to have conversations with them refusing to have a conversation with someone equals fear in my opinion if i am if i don't want to talk to you it means that i'm afraid of you so mm. i am not afraid to talk to anybody i th i mm. think that is something that we need to be open minded to have a conversation with someone that i truly think of as an enemy you should listen to them i think another ingredient that we need is forgiveness we need mm -hmm. to forgive we need to forgive we need to forgive we need to understand each other we need to understand each other where we come from what we stand for so you have humanity open mindedness forgiveness and what would you say is the last the last of the ingredients for a future that includes all of us love i would say love we need love we need love for sure love Well JJ yeah. thank you so much for being open-minded and willing to to be so spontaneous and share thank a little you. of your thank your story and your passion and your gifts with us and we hope to be cooking with you soon. Thank you very much Dina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm truly honored to be to be here.